0: Hi guys, and welcome back to Mummy Jojo Uncut Mojo Injection, episode 30. I am delighted to be back with more content for you this week. And I'm thinking about how we can stay healthy-ish in December when we're surrounded by temptations. I know it's a month that can be really tricky to, you know, we get to January and we're like, crap, how did I pile on half a stone? And I think it's a balance between having some kind of routine and having an absolute blast as well. And sometimes we feel we have to go totally off the rails just because it's Christmas, but actually for our mental and our physical health, that's not always great. So I wanted to get some tips and lots of general tips for going into the new year as well. So I've got Catherine Jeans, who's an incredible online transformational nutritional coach. And she's got this program called the Shattered Mums Recovery Program. And um, it's been really interesting chatting to her, getting loads of tips. And yeah, I'm just delighted to have her on this week. Yeah, we're here. Oh, I'm trying to get my head around Zoom and get into the techie mode. I need a techie guy sitting right here. but um, <laughs> we're, Or girl, or girl, but it's not gender exactly. stereotype. Um, so Catherine Jeans, is that how we pronounce it? Yes, that's right. Cool name, I like it. Um, Thank you. really like it. And you're a founder of the Family Nutrition Expert. That's right. Amazing. Well, welcome.
1: It's really Thank you.
0: It's really nice to be here.
1: Oh, well, great
0: to meet you. And you're, are you Norfolk or Norwich?
1: Uh, Norwich is our main city in Norfolk. Uh, I don't know if it's the capital city. Do we have a capital city of counties? But I grew up here in Norfolk. I've lived all over the world, but have come back here to bring up my babies.
0: Oh it's such a nice place. I've been a few times. Have Um, you? Yeah a while ago now but I used to love going shopping there. Um, So we would go, we'd get some time out. We used to go to a big house down that way and then we would go and have like a half day to do shopping. So that's where we went.
1: (laughs) Oh thank you. I love it. I love that we have beautiful historic cities and uh, also um, I grew up in the countryside and I love being near the coast. It feels uh, a very privileged place to live. I really, really adore being him
0: Oh, amazing! Good for the soul, being by the sea. And um...
1: oh, it's so good. My husband's from the Canary Islands, so we have to be fairly near the sea. I just wish we had a little bit more sunshine. <laughs> that's the only thing.
0: Yeah, I know. I know. Baltic up here in Scotland this week, but um, we're yeah. roll, we're rolling with it. We're rolling with mm, it. That's right. So, so, do you want to tell us a little bit more about yourself and and how you came to launch Family Nutrition Expert?
1: Yeah, so I'm a nutritional therapist. I qualified uh, coming up to nine years ago now, and um, I, uh, I'm just really passionate about good food, but simple food. You know, I've definitely seen a shift in um, how we look at nutrition since I've been working uh, in this field. Um, I think it's just with, you know, there's so many documentaries and TV shows on about nutrition, and obviously with the Um, rise of Instagram, you know, there's kind of a lot of great nutrition advice out there. There's probably a lot of very complicated nutrition advice out there as well, which doesn't serve um, everyone uh, so well, particularly, I would say, busy mummies. Sometimes it's really difficult to tap into um, uh, what is the right information and perhaps, you know, what is not so important or the right information. Um, but, um, I basically became a nutritional therapist because I was burnt out. So I started, um, practicing before I started training before I had children. Um, but I came to nutritional therapy, particularly because I had quite a, um, chronic bowel disease in my early twenties. And my dad actually married a nutritional therapist and she helped me loads. And I now don't have a... Chronic bowel disease. Let's say, well, I don't have any symptoms and I'm not on any medication, so it definitely worked for me. And it's not like that for everyone, you know. I'm not. We're not about curing, you know. We're about just helping people to support imbalances in their body and just use food to be in the best possible health that they can be. Um, I was also uh, in my twenties, a TV producer and journalist. So uh, it was only in my thirties that I came to nutrition, and I was definitely burnt out. Uh, which is one of the reasons I uh, ended up going traveling in my late 20s. And then I met my husband and was looking for a career that I just felt really, you know, was inspiring and that I just could put all my energy in and just really help people. You know, that's what I love doing. I love being with people and I love giving them um, the support that I can. It's a real privilege.
0: Yeah. And with food, I mean, what you're saying about mixed messages, it's so hard because we're all so busy And I was chatting to uh, the BBC about this yesterday. There's a debate about why so many children in Scotland are um, overweight or obese. Mm -hmm. And um, I had to really think about that and think of my own childhood and the kind of food my mum, I was lucky in the sense that my mum gave up work so she had more time to cook from scratch. So we we know cooking from scratch is better for us, but sometimes it's so hard to practice that. Um, Yeah what advice would you give to busy parents or just busy people who are flat out with their career who yeah. just are so tempted to reach for you know the jars and the packets and the McDonald's drive through
1: yeah it's difficult it's really hard so my advice is i take a really balanced practical view and you know, I really think that you know there shouldn't really be any foods which are banned. It's about pulling the balance back. You know, I guess I probably draw the line probably with my kids and blue blue slushies. That's a bit of a no no for us. But generally, I'm trying not to ban any foods, and I focus on um, what I can add to a diet. So if you imagine, let's take uh, extremes. Here's the best diet in the world. I don't think there really is a perfect diet, and here's a. a Not so great diet, so maybe the worst diet in the world, you know, there's no point. Too many of us kind of swing from here to here to here to here. What, but I think we've kind of lost sight of that middle ground. So even if a day where, I don't know, you've got three clubs to run around with your kids after school, and you've come home from work and you're shattered, you know, even if the meal that you're eating at that very time is you know, more sort of towards this end of the scale, you can still do something to get that meal here, right? So it, just because we can't have a really, really healthy meal doesn't mean that we can't do something to add more to that meal. So what I would suggest is, every time that you are preparing food or looking at food to say, what can I do to make this meal better? So even if all you had time for was a plate of pasta and a jar of tomato ready-made sauce, you could add a handful of frozen peas into that or grate a carrot into it. Even better, chuck a tin of tuna in or some chickpeas to make it have more protein. So every time you eat, uh you can be looking at ways to make that meal better even if it's not the best meal in the world and i think that's a really good way to start looking at nutrition rather than we must not eat this and we must not eat that and don't do that and don't do so people just don't know what to eat anymore does that make sense yeah it's really hard and what's your
0: thoughts on frozen food being frozen veg being better than fresh veg
1: I think we should have a combination, but actually uh, frozen veg is great because one, it means you've always got vegetables on hand. So uh, if you haven't got fresh stuff in, there's no excuse not to be eating the vegetables. And I know that's hard with kids. They kind of come with this you know, uh, built in, I'm not eating vegetables. I mean, some kids are great, but I know a lot of parents um, battle with their kids to eat vegetables. Um, but, uh, you know, frozen peas are a great one. You know, actually you can, I mean, my kids actually really love frozen peas, frozen. Um, but you know, you can just add them to so many things. And there is some thought that frozen, uh, you know, if you imagine a pea, if it's frozen straight away, you're locking in that nutrient, whereas if you've got a fresh, fresh pod of peas that's been flown halfway around the world and been on the road for three weeks might not have as much nutrition. So frozen veg is a really, really good thing to have. I'm not saying we should eat all frozen because there is some more goodness perhaps in fresh seasonal more local vegetables definitely so just trying to have that balance but i love frozen veg there's always frozen peas in my freezer yeah same here i'm lost without them actually you can just chuck that
0: into some rice or chuck it into a curry or chuck it into
1: anything yeah that's that's my staple go-to at least i can give them some peas um Yeah, And we just shouldn't give up, can I just say we should just never give up on trying to get our kids and ourselves to eat more vegetables. You know, the research is really, really clear that if we eat more vegetables, we will generally be supporting uh, longevity and good health. As adults, you know, actually how we feed our children can have an impact on how they are in terms of their health as adults and how long potentially they might live. So we can make real change to our children decades ahead by how we feed them now you know and I think that you know I see a lot of parents having a lot of guilt around that it's difficult when you have fussy um, children but it's just doing the best you can and never giving up with trying to get more goodness if that makes sense.
0: Yeah. So we know you know vegetables are really, really good for us. We should be mm-hmm. eating more. I, I would call myself a flexitarian these days. So I'm not prepared to give up meat and cheese, um, mm-hmm. but I certainly like to go plant-based a few days a week if I can. Yeah. So vegetable lasagna although that is a bit of a faff you probably best to make that on the weekend for the monday or whatever because by the yeah. you layer your pasta make your sauce and all that takes a bit of time but uh you know veggie curries mexican all that stuff but what would you say have you got some kind of staple dishes that are really healthy but not too hard to make
1: Yeah, definitely. I think uh, that whatever we're making, uh, and I agree, it's good for us to go plant-based, but if you're doing some plant-based food, do remember always to get some protein in there as well, because it's the protein that really helps us to feel fuller for longer and we do need protein for growth and as adults you know when we're living quite stressful busy lives if we don't get enough protein in our diet that really can leave us craving the wrong things and unable to manage stress because our blood sugar will swing around a bit more so um, if you are doing vegetable based meals chickpeas and lentils and things like that are really really super important so that you get that protein going in there so we uh, if I talk you through my kind of evening meals um, we always have a roast on a Sunday, uh, and so if I've had a roast, then I'll keep that carcass to, uh, you know, uh, I might chuck it in my slow cooker to make some nice stock, and then I'll pull all the chicken off and then make a risotto on a Monday, and I'll try as much as I can to make a chicken uh, a brown rice risotto. So that's one thing that we're always trying not to waste in our household, and that's how I afford good quality meat by not wasting what we do have. Um, Tuesdays uh, often we're rushing around to clubs so I just buy the best quality kind of fillets in breadcrumbs that I can do, fish fillets in breadcrumbs and then I'll make sure that there's loads of vegetables going on that plate and we might have a jacket potato with that so we've got the fibre on. Wednesdays usually a spaghetti bolognese um, and I will get a small amount of really good quality meat for a family of four and I'll add lots of chickpeas grating. Carrots great in courgettes and make uh, a spaghetti bolognese with whole wheatless, uh, whole wheat spaghetti. Um, And then I'll make extra, I'll make a big one. So then my husband and I have got lunch for the next day because that's another really important thing when you're busy. Um, Thursday nights uh, might be different things. So uh, actually, tonight uh, we've got sea bass fillets because I know I can cook those in three minutes. Um, So trying to get some fish in as much as I possibly can friday i just can't win and it has to be pizza so either i'll buy a pizza and i'll get the um i'll make a tomato sauce to get lots of vegetables or if i haven't got time to do that i'll just make sure there's peppers and tomatoes on the pizza and uh, they'll have that extra kind of um salad on their plate so always there's cherry tomatoes cucumber so I'm always just adding 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 to try and get the vegetables in even if it's not so healthy and then uh, Saturday nights it might be something like a burger so I might make a veggie burger or I might again get good quality mints but I always blend it with a tin of chi- um, kidney beans to make my mints go further so it's cheaper and I can get good quality stuff and I'm getting more fiber in there wholemeal rolls lots of salad whole- homemade chips or occasionally I might buy some uh, oven chips that usually it's homemade so it's simple. Simple, but I guess I'm just making tweaks all the time to my evening meals. Um, uh, you know, to add more fibre from vegetable proteins. So I can buy more quality meat. Always trying to remember to get fish in because it's so important for us as women for our hormone balance, anti-inflammatory, also for our children's brains. We should be uh, giving them some oily fish and uh, also as much vegetables as I possibly can. I hope that helps to show people that you know good food doesn't have to be really complex
0: yeah that's really interesting it's funny what you see about the spaghetti bolognese i'm doing exactly the same tonight i've got a tiny pack of the good quality mince, yeah. and i'm just gonna bulk it up with carrots and mushrooms yeah. and yeah Yeah, it's a really good tip actually because if you want it because my hubs would be like where's the meat if i just do a veggie bolognese or likewise yeah yeah so if you just get the small pack then they still they're getting the meat but you don't have to tell them it's not the big pack
1: (laughs) that's right yeah and i think the earlier you can get your kids uh kind of used to having bits and bobs in their food but if you they really won't accept vegetables i've got a lemon zester which i grate my courgettes on because my children if you ask them do you like courgettes they'll say no but Mm -hmm. they've been eating them once or twice a week with their whole lives and they're at eight and 10 now and they probably don't even realize so uh you know rather than a cheese grater to grate more like a lemon zest are really fine and they just go and disintegrate down into the sauce and then they don't even know they're there so i think with kids you know combination of getting stuff hidden in but also educating them about uh good food and unfortunately i think as um as parents uh, and adults you know we also have to embrace that healthy living as well and, and children model off our behavior don't they so if yeah. we're not eating the vegetables they aren't going to either
0: yeah it's it's so hard the, we can talk to them as much as we like but it's the actions and i say that about yeah. running you know if i can't be bothered going for a run but my kids see me going. So now my daughter really wants to come and she's saying, oh, you go because even if you're tired, mommy, you know, it'll make you feel better and you'll get yeah. stronger and fitter. And yeah. She kind of gets it. And it's been that way for four years now. So it's the same with food. And I get frustrated mm-hmm. and I put out a post yesterday about, you know, when Hubs gets these packets of biscuits, they're on offer and crisps and stuff. And I'm like, can you stop buying them and just save mm-hmm. it for a special occasion? I mean, when yeah. I was growing up, Mum said the biscuits were too expensive because she gave up work for 20 years. She had my brothers and I, so she just couldn't afford to buy the biscuits. Whereas we've got more no. disposable income these days, and biscuits and, and convenience, I, it frustrates me, and I don't really know what to do about that because I keep yeah. saying stop buying them, but it just—it's habit, it's grabbing yeah. them, you know. And the kids, if yeah. I'm out for a minute or I have a shower or whatever, they're up and they've got the biscuits out, you know. Yeah. They're—how they're, do you? Because you can't molly. Like I want my kids to be independent. I don't want to smother yeah. them. So yeah. if I'm upstairs tidying up or getting things done and they're sitting watching a show I mean do you lock away the treats what what do you do, do you not really hard own? yeah
1: it's really hard and I do have the same issue with my husband you know my husband loves biscuits and when I first met him 12 years ago he used to sometimes take them to bed and fall asleep with them in bed you know like it's a real thing for us so you know he married a nutritional therapist bless his heart you know and he's actually he's really into good food it's just the treats on on top so that's hard you know with my kids I really you know it's not not all plain sailing in my household either and I do have to say to him can you keep if you want you know I can't tell him what to do but I'm educating him on why they're not great for him but if he does have a bit of a kind of blowout on biscuits I do have to tell him to take him out of the cupboards now I I give my kids a packed lunch every day, and I'm now at the stage they're eight and ten. I mean, it's different when they're under five, perhaps, but when now they're eight and ten, they see all their uh, friends having brightly colored stuff in their lunch boxes, in packets, and things. So they choose one thing that they just, you know, I I think you've got to give children choice because if they're just constantly being restricted all the time, they'll be off snaffling things in, in private, which is not a healthy balance either, is it? You know, so it's about educating them you know i talk to my children a lot of t- a lot about if we're hungry we eat food we don't eat biscuits and chocolate when we're hungry those things are, are not totally out of bounds but i kind of try and educate them not to look at those things as food and those things can come in maybe on a friday or a saturday night when we have a you know family tv night or watching a movie or something like that But when we're hungry, we're going to eat things that sustain us, that keep our brain going. If we want something sweet, it comes after a meal or after some protein or something like that. And that we don't, it has become so normal to have sugar all the time, hasn't it? You know, I bet you probably see at the school gates the amount of parents that bring a biscuit or a chocolate bar to their kids every single day. It's just become part of our culture to give sugar, you know, and unfortunately, if we don't want to do that, we are the ones that it's very difficult, very, very difficult. I think you just have to stick to your guns with the message. Uh let them have a little bit of what they fancy sometimes, but not every day. And um actually, you know, when it's parties and Christmas and stuff like that, as they get older, I just give complete free reign because I just don't want to be there nagging at them because that's not life, you know, and they have to make the choices that suit them. Yeah, it's hard. And speaking of mm. Christmas, I've got my
0: Santa hat on. I love that. I love Christmas, right? I love Christmas. Oh, I just love it. I'm like, it allows us to be a big kid again, right? Yeah. I love uh, the Naughty Elf. And Naughty Elf came down the other night um, just to, to say hi. And the kids just have this thing that, oh, he'll leave us chocolates, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it's hard, but... Yeah, and and then the advent calendars, I'm all for embracing it. Um, it's all about balance, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. but Do you have tips for people that are hosting Christmas parties? This is my hosting hat in December, right? So I'll wear mm. it most of the month. And um, yeah, do you have tips or so things that you can? Because obviously Marks and Spencers do the canopies and all the other supermarkets will be doing them. I'm sure. um Things like the brie parcels, but with the uh, phyllo pastry. And um, what's your thoughts on, on those kind of canopies?
1: it's a tricky one isn't it because it is only hopefully you know this this time of year where we're eating all the wrong things you know uh i think what i always suggest to people over christmas is to pick two days or even three days where you just don't worry about any of it and just have whatever you want because again that is life and you don't want to feel like you're constantly restricted as long as that comes without guilt you know because the worst thing is when people are you know they're going to a party and they're trying to be really 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 strict and then because they just feel so sad and upset about you know not being able to do what they want they then eat in secret because of the guilt and because of the feelings of you know having to miss out so that's a really negative pattern and i see so many people you know on this you know i'm on a diet or they're kind of going right over there off a diet and the middle ground is okay. So, you know, I always think, you know, if you're going to a party just try and plan the season. So you maybe have kind of two or three days maximum where you just really go, you know, have whatever you want. And then I think when you look at canopies, you know, often it is just pastry and Brown, isn't it? But it doesn't need to be, you know, that you can get lots of really nice, um, party food that's got lots of protein in it because actually eating more protein that's one of the things that i teach Women on my shattered mum recovery program is that you know one of the simplest dietary changes to stop you craving sugar and get back in control of your eating is to eat more protein because protein helps us to feel fuller for longer. So if my kids are going to a party, I'll make sure they've had a really protein-rich meal. You know the the meal before. I'm not necessarily going to give them a meal before a party, but I'll make sure they've had some protein because then their blood sugar's not dropping and they're craving all the wrong foods. The same with. You know, if you know you've got a party coming up and there's going to be loads of, of, you know, buffet food and the wrong food, the worst thing you can go is is go to a party, um, you know, when you're really really hungry because you won't be able to stop. So, uh, if we have some protein, actually, what it will do is keep your blood sugar a little bit more on this nice even keel rather than having big zip up and down of, you know, sugary white carbs uh, will make us have a big sudden rise of blood sugar and then a big drop. And then if you add alcohol into that, it makes us crave the wrong foods even more, doesn't it? So again, if you're going to a party and it's got, and you're going to have a drink, just don't go on a completely empty tummy either. Because if you start drinking and you're hungry, your appetite will increase three times. Oh, is it three times?
0: Yeah, it's a lot. And
1: do you, do you drink yourself? i do that is probably my vice, but i think it's okay you know actually um i quote a lot about the blue zones Uh, have you heard of the blue zones no so the blue zones are the areas of the world where they've studied where they have the highest concentration of centenarians so people who live over a hundred and there's several common key traits of these groups of people and one is that you know five o'clock is is wine o'clock so they quite often drink uh, and so that doesn't mean we have to drink every day but what that what, what i mean is that a little bit of what we fancy is quite good for us and if you're drinking something like a little bit of red wine actually there's a lot of antioxidants in there so I know, uh, you know a lot of people think I won't drink during the week and I drink at the weekends, but it's not great to not drink at all during the week and then drink loads at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, if you can keep to one small glass three, four times a week, maybe an extra one at the weekend, That's not a a bad pattern, you know, actually, particularly if you're drinking something like red wine because there's a lot of antioxidants in there which have been shown to be quite good for your heart. Or I would say to people is don't come home and have your glass of wine then without some food with it because that's what makes you then eat the wrong things. So, you know, a glass of wine with your evening meal four, maybe even five nights a week is fine. Just, you know, have two nights off where you're uh, not drinking. Two days a week where you're not drinking is, is uh, um, a minimum, really, just to give your body a bit of a break. And I, I know that a lot of us would say that they feel quite sluggish when they've had uh, alcohol the night before, Um, so I think a little bit of alcohol is good for us. You know, I believe in balance with everything, you know, actually there is some research perhaps that has shown that a little bit of chocolate is good for us. Is it because the chocolate's good for us or is it because we don't do well with constantly feeling restricted and not being able to have the things that we want? You know, actually, probably it's a little bit of both those things. And I think it's again, just about balance, you know, so in the blue zones where they have the highest centenarians, they definitely... Uh, often have a alcoholic drink on most days small just socially with friends they also walk a lot they eat a lot of vegetables uh, they have a good social network around them you know so there's lots of common traits there
0: interesting I spoke to someone that uh, their mother-in-law apparently drinks like champagne every day and she's (laughs) close to 100 or something yeah. I was like okay um because if you don't like red wine what would you say would be a better options then if you were to pick a few more
1: drinks? yeah I know some people don't like uh, red wine so just a little bit of something that you like just watching out for the uh mixers and uh things that are really really high in sugar um you know uh, if you're if you're um you're one of those people that doesn't do a lot well with a lot of sugar you know and coke and and all those kind of things not great and also beer not particularly great um you know a long drink you know like sometimes just a, a vodka and lots and lots of soda that's not a bad drink to have you know because you've not got loads of sugar in there so uh I wouldn't have that every night but you know that's not a bad thing to have you know
0: yeah i i heard um a good one is tequila if you get a nice tequila and you have it with lime and soda then there's no there's no sugar yeah yeah well the lime would be natural sugars wouldn't it um yeah but
1: that's okay if it's like you know you could squeeze some fresh lime in there yeah really nice
0: yeah Yeah, so i thought i might treat myself this december to a nice bottle of tequila and try that (laughs) because they say it makes you happy right
1: so It was, uh, the I think idea. everything in moderation and find the thing that you enjoy and really enjoy it and don't feel guilty about it and don't do it to, ex- to excess that's a problem isn't it and that's the same thing you know with anything we read about nutrition I hear so many people oh I read the other day that I should be eating loads of nuts and seeds and so they're then piling in the nuts and seeds <laughs> and they're wondering why they're putting weight on you know nuts and seeds are really good for us but we can't eat handfuls and handfuls you know it's the same thing with red wine you can't drink a bottle of red wine a night but you know a small glass of you know four or five times a week absolutely fine you know it's we kind of you know oh that's really good for me you know i'm going to have all that but i'm going to keep my diet absolutely rubbish you know <laughs> yeah. it's again just about balance you know uh, and i think that's why there's so much confusion about nutrition research because you're trying to separate one thing and and that's not how our bodies work you know it's not if you have you know lots and lots of carrots every day you know the vitamin a is going to be good for your eyes if you're also eating lots of rubbish food and you know you're also not managing stress and you're also not doing any exercise it's all the things that we have to do in 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 connection you know actually not sitting actually you see that I've got a standing desk so I'm standing up here while I talk to you you know not sitting all day is is really really uh important you know so I can sit on this desk as well I've got a sit stand desk you know so I'm dancing. Like that. yes that's why I'm moving a lot you see
0: <laughs> oh I know yeah, I can't realize that's brilliant I need to start yeah. doing that that's amazing yeah.
1: I'll sort of tap and uh, my
0: hubs they say so I I work with this great trainer I'm an ambassador for David Lloyd clubs so yeah I worked with this great trainer uh last was it 2017 and um he would always say to me he'd say Joe I say don't you notice those people that run around they're the ones with really fast metabolisms because they just can't keep still and my husband's like that and he's so petite and muscly he just runs, runs, runs around everywhere and he can't sit still and he's always doing things and he refuses to get a cleaner because he does it better. And you know, all yeah. these things that we're so busy and uh, and there's a common pattern there. You know, I, I, yeah. I look at people, I research people, that's my job and uh, I'm so yeah. inquisitive. And, I've noticed all these trends over the past yes. few years as i've been really interviewing people and getting
1: to know all different types so yeah uh, it, it's but don't you think we also need stillness too i think that's so important mm-hmm. you know and actually for someone like me i'm quite a up character i have to be very careful um, and that's what i work on a lot with um, mums particularly um but all of us in general i think we're just i don't think it's that we're all just overly stressed we're just overwhelmed you know i talk to people more and more about lifestyle now and that's something that i know that you talk a lot and i love how you talk about it because you know actually we just give and we're giving and we're giving and we're giving and our children i think actually you know as well as teaching them about good food, we have to teach them that it 's okay to uh, be still but that doesn 't mean sitting still while they 're on their Xbox or PlayStation or watching TV just being still and having some quiet reflection time is is really really important because again they 're on the go all the time and as they get older you know plugged into social media and it's all these things, you know, and so many, so much demand and pressure. And I find with mums as well, you know, actually we, particularly mums that have had a career before and then they give that up to have children, they kind of almost make their home becomes the career, which is great. And then they have this incredible guilt around being still and just doing, you know, a little bit of calming activity every single day. And I always emphasize to people, you know, you can have 10 minutes, every single day of calm time. And if you can't do that, you need to do that even more because that being still uh, is so important so we can just go in within ourselves. And on a physiological level, if we are not ever getting into that parasympathetic response, which is that calming response in our body, we don't digest our food properly, our hormones can't balance, you know, we're more likely to have PMT and hormonal irregularities. We just feel like we're constantly on that treadmill and not able to get off it. You know, we feel constantly like we're craving sugar, like we can't be mindful and present with our kids because our mind's on the next thing that we've got to do. So I just think that 10 minutes of stillness alongside some exercise too. But you know, I, I really uh, kind of on a big drive to teach people about that, you know, just calming uh, for ourselves and for our children too.
0: What's your favorite way to be mindful and just to be still?
1: So uh, I love being outside so I grew up in the countryside and for me actually one of the best ways to switch my mind off is being in my garden I have a little garden um, but I do like to grow some vegetables uh, when I can but just being outside pottering and pruning and things like that obviously not so keen this time of year um, but I also do um, uh, I use a couple of apps on my phone which I love so yesterday I had a really busy clinic day with my one-to-one clients and I just laid down on the couch that was in my room and did 10 10 minutes of meditation so I use um, calm com is really nice and good there's quite a few nice apps that you can get where it's just someone talking you through a guided meditation because I think if your brain's busy, it's quite difficult just to meditate on your own. So I love to do that as well. And um, uh, I quite often, you know, my real secret time, it's like for me, when the kids are out of the house, my husband's out of the house because I work a lot from home, which for me is, uh, it has its challenges, but it's a real joy. As I love having a bath when no one's here because it oh. just feels just. So nice. I'm going to do that when I'm finished speaking to you, actually. So, bubble bath on, and actually, I, I might listen to a podcast or something like that. And I just love it. It's just, and it's not the same when everyone's in the house. Even if they're all in bed and quiet, it's got to be me on my own in the house, you know. Yeah. So, uh, things like that. And I'm trying to do something every day like that.
0: It's amazing. I did that yesterday and I was feeling guilty and I was like, no, just have have that Mm twenty minutes, half an hour in the bath because we were all water babies in our family and we just love being in the water. And if I'm ever at home and I have one, the kids just bomb dive in with me, throw plastic toys in my face, and I'm just like, oh, sometimes I just don't want to be touched and I just wanna have my own space and um, it's so important as parents um, yeah don't get much time to ourselves to have no
1: that's right and what? I realize my husband never gets any time to himself either actually because he goes out to work he's a maths teacher and he goes out to work and uh, you know he never has any time on his own in the house so that's definitely something I want to work on for him Uh, for the new year so that he has uh, some quiet time as well because it does tend to be that he comes home and I'm like put the kids to bed I need 10 minutes off you know so uh, he's probably been dealing with lots of teenagers all day long as well so I feel for him too you know so when I talk about shattered mums I also think that you know dads are heroes too as are uh, children uh, people without children as well you know we're all leading such busy busy lives you know so uh, supporting the people around us um and looking out for them is is really important
0: and for pms um i struggle with it more since having kids and um, i don't know if that's because i'm busier um what advice would you give from a dietary point of view and lifestyle to try and manage this because i mm. i was offered some herbal stuff now i can't remember the name of it but it's getting yeah. sent to me because i was like i'll try it You know. Um, yeah. I think it was drops of some plants or something so I said well I'll give it a try um, and review it for them but uh, yeah any tips?
1: Yeah so you cannot underestimate the link between our stress hormones and our sex hormones so when we have PMS commonly it might be due to a slight hormone imbalance, which is creating extra symptoms. Um, And particularly perhaps, I mean, I'm 41 now and it's around the late 30s, right through to our 50s where our hormones start changing as well. If we are having to produce more stress hormones from our adrenal glands, particularly cortisol, those stress hormones are made from the same thing as our sex hormones. So your body, what it does is it always shunts towards those stress hormones at the expense of your sex hormones so we have something called the cortisol steel which is one of our stress hormones so you actually can start pinching from your progesterone and end up with a little bit of an excess of estrogen so it's really fascinating so I know I talk a lot about stress but that is so important and actually if it's perimenopausal symptoms as well quite often when we work on someone's stress uh, situation their hot flushes stop and we realized it wasn't the perimenopause at, t- at all it was actually the symptoms of stress so you know really fascinating that link so first thing is looking at ways to stop your diet causing you stress and the most important one an easy one to sort out is to stop the blood sugar swings you know those big peaks of uh blood sugar uh, and big drops so if you eat something sweet um and high in white carbs, or too much caffeine, your blood sugar will go up really quickly, uh, too fast, and your body panics and releases too much insulin. And we end up with this big crash of blood sugar. When we go that low blood sugar, we're going into the stress response. And that's where that stress response then can start to pinch from your sex hormone balance, if that makes sense. So by including more protein in your diet, we get a nice more uh, level uh, blood sugar. So uh, make sure that each meal has good fistful of protein so protein we commonly think of of, as meat but obviously fish and eggs, uh, seafood, um, nuts and seeds. I wouldn't say have a handful of nuts, but you can use a few nuts to add to, say, a small bit of, uh, um, if you're having yogurt for breakfast or something like that. So dairy's got protein, also beans and pulses and tofu and things like that as well. Um, And some grains like quinoa and buckwheat and even oats and brown rice have got a little bit of protein in too. So including lots of protein, with your diet is really important and then what we were just talking about you know ways to manage your stress levels Um, also really important and I um, really encourage everyone uh, to find that 10 minutes of stress-free you know every day I also talk to people a lot about practicing gratitude as I think you do as well you know actually I get a lot of uh, women I work with to get a get a journal and just write something every single day that you're grateful for because when life gets tough and we're busy and we just feel like we're on that treadmill just taking a moment out just to reflect on something really wonderful phone it might just be as simple oh my daughter stroked my face this morning or I got them to school without an argument or you know a man on the straight smiled at me or someone let me go in front of them you know but just reflecting on that little you know tiny thing can just really bring us back into the here and now uh, and make us realize that life is wonderful and it might not feel like that all the time but we're here right now you know we have to start to not always live in the future or out there in cyberspace Which so many of us do these days.
0: Very important. I I think as well when we we judge less, I know that helps me because
1: Mm, that's a great thing
0: to judge in our relationships and and, and look at people. And some of the research I've been doing, and I've got a a podcast and a video coming out about um, online bullying and bullying in adults and kids. And a lot of that is our own issue. So the bully, it's kind of they're trying to reflect on their own problems rather than face them so they're they're feeding on trying to pick things in other people like why were they late they're so rude or why were they this and you know a million things but if you could just actually be still and just let these things go and try and see the good in people Mm -hmm which comes
1: into gratitude as well doesn't it yeah um, yeah that's right that's a really good tip because we just don't know what's going on in other people's heads mm-hmm. you know we think we do and we make this judgment don't we that we think we know what they're doing oh he's done that to me you know that's probably you know it might be completely far from it you know actually mm-hmm. and so much comes from fear doesn't it people do live by fear so much you know and that you know can just breed that you know the, the wrong kind of choices can't it yeah, it's so, I mean,
0: I can already tell my hubs will come home and he'll judge me for how much I spent in the supermarket this morning. But I had the three-year-old ready for nursery, having meltdowns, it's his birthday this week, so he wants yeah. everything, and half price toys. So I thought, well, it's his birthday and Christmas, so I'll get a few of those half price toys. And then they had champagne on offer, so I thought, well, we'll need to have champagne on his birthday at some point, not him. Uh, so I got the one on offer. But, you know, when you get to the end and you go, well, I got those toys and the champagne, so rather than 40 quid it's 90 and he's going to go yes what did you get what did you get and, and it's that judgment rather than do you know that's just one example in my head right now and mm, uh, yeah rather than just let it go like I managed let it go to, I that's right the yeah. with a three-year-old and got him to nursery yeah. safely and got back and worked, yeah. out, worked out the zoom and the tech finally yeah um and I a final question for you um what's your thoughts on farmed salmon
1: Gosh, that's a really uh, tricky question. I, I, You've probably got a lot of fish farms near you. I don't know whether you're near the coast, but there's a lot of the um, Scottish coast um, as well. Um, so it's a really tricky one because we are overfishing and I'm sure that a lot of uh, environmentalists and people who are specialists in marine biology uh, can tell you a lot more than than I can. I think the fact is that we should all generally be eating more fish. We don't eat enough fish, and particularly those omega threes in fish are so so good for us because a lot of the conditions like cardiovascular disease, um, cancer, even you know obesity is driven by inflammation not always a cause, but might be a consequence of them. And so those omega-3s are anti-inflammatory and most of us don't eat enough of them. So, you know, for those of us that do eat fish, we should be focusing on, on having some more fish, but we have to look at, you know, sustainable uh, fishing. So, you know, Fish farming is an, is an option but the problem is, is there are now problems that are coming with that because what we're potentially seeing are how healthy are those animals because they're not swimming long distances, they're all being kept in a very small um, uh, enclosure um, and there are problems with I think there's mites and things like that which are affecting the salmon so it's very difficult you know because and also people ask me about organic fish as well because obviously if it's organic you know it's farmed don't you because obviously they can't certify it as organic if it's not farmed I I don't have a definitive answer Jojo sorry I've just gone around the bush a little bit and I probably have like a politician not answered directly because a I feel like I don't know all the facts because I don't know if anyone does know all the facts and B. I don't know what the right answer is. So I do, I can only tell you what I do is that I try and buy a combination of some wild and some uh, farms. Whenever I'm buying wild fish, I will be looking for a sustain, sustainability label because that's really, really important. I always try and buy smaller fish rather than big fish because they are lower down the food chain and let, then have less toxins in them as well. So, I hope that gives uh, some help it 's really interesting. I,
0: I was sent out a couple of times to see um, a couple of the big salmon farms and was quite impressed by the measures they were putting in place yeah.
1: um,
0: and I was just sent out to see from from a, to see what they were doing but Of course, I had a lot of people comment oh, from both angles um, yeah. and but then I heard rumors about well actually the wild salmon isn't as healthy for whatever reason. Sometimes it's hard as a consumer, you know, we don't have time to research everything. You know, it's hard no. to know to go for wild, no. to go for farm, to you know it's
1: a one. yeah and also I don't know if wild or automatically means wild that's what I was told by a client of mine who is a vet as well so I don't know the facts of that particularly either but that's one of the concerns that he had uh, having worked in in fisheries as well so I, I, I really don't know what the definitive answer and I, I think that we're not doing it in a particularly sustainable way either you know so it's it's very difficult very very difficult yeah
0: Well, it's been fascinating. And uh, I could talk to you for so much longer, but I want to let you go (laughs) and have that bath. Now we normally end with with a song and you like living on a prayer. Now I'm new to Zoom, so (laughs) I'm just going to see if I can bring it up on my phone because I don't want to like try and get it on this. And then... um...
1: You know, you're putting me totally out of my comfort zone. I did tell you that I've only ever sung karaoke once in my life and it was this song when I was in uh, the jungle of Bolivia and my husband did point out, Kathy probably had about a bottle of rum at that point. Can I just point out I was in my early twenties and this was before I had uh, studied nutritional therapy. So you are pushing me right out of my comfort zone. I'm musical, but I don't sing in public. So Um, uh,
0: if you're you're uncomfortable, you don't have to join in, you could dance. It's coming on my phone. Yeah. And I, don't, I can I, just I, hear I've it. I've got some words here.
1: I've just put the words up, actually, on my phone. Oh, so
0: you want to
1: you wanna join in, don't you? I can tell. Oh, God, I, I can't let you down, Joe. It's Christmas. Now he goes,
0: once upon a time, that's so long ago. Right, here we go. It's coming on. Tommy used to work on the docks. The union's been on track. He's down on his her. <laughs> Gina works at she dinner all day. Working for, working a, for man. a man, things all my pain. Oh, for love. She says we gotta hold, hold on
1: to what we got. <laughs> it doesn't we make a make difference, difference if we make it or not. We got each other and that's our love, 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 oh, love. We'll give it give a shot. We're halfway, halfway there. Halfway there. We're living on a prayer. Take my hand. We'll make it <laughs> yes, I swear. We're, we're, we're living on a prayer. prayer. Can I just send out an apology of my just terrible singing? (laughs) No, it was amazing.
0: The only thing is, I don't know if there was a time delay because I was like going in and I could hear you. um, We'll see what happens on the the recording. But it was a
1: first time. I think I'll probably never watch that bit back again. But I think Uh it's good to push ourselves out of our comfort zones. I really believe it. So that's why I went for it today. (laughs)
0: Oh, I'm so impressed. Fear, as you say, we're all living in fear. And actually when we just push that aside as training it takes practice yeah. you know putting yeah. yourself out of that comfort zone but that's where we we really get our mojo back when we do that and we yeah. open ourselves up to new opportunities and meeting great people and learning so I've learned a lot from you so thank you for taking the time Um, I will keep
1: in touch
0: and yeah, please yeah. Do. it's
1: been great I've really enjoyed today and I love the work that you're doing and you know it's Um, definitely what I'm teaching women out there about as well you know and so it's really brilliant to hear someone who's uh, thinking on the same lines as me, so you know it's been fantastic today. Thank you, Joe.
0: It's so important. And if anyone wants to come and do your program, they get you. Where's the best
1: place to come? Yeah, just come to my website, which is the family uh There's all my links to my social media on there uh, as well, and um, I'll be running new courses in the new year. And I also have some courses on children's nutrition and plant-based nutrition that you can just tap into and get on with whenever you want as well. So um, yeah. It's been. It'll be really nice to see anyone. And any questions? Please feel free. If anyone's got any questions, if you want to send them over, or uh if they want to post any questions on my Facebook page, you know, happily answer if anyone's anything that's come up today that they didn't understand. Great. That would be
0: amazing. Right. Thank you so so much. And, Thank you, uh, joe Take care. Let me see how I stop this recording here. Yeah, I think we
1: just. Click, let me <laughs> give it go. Bye for guys. now. Bye,
0: everyone. Right. It stopped. Does it?
1: I think it stopped that was fun that was real oh, it's still same recording how do I oh mine says recording